serve it up to the whiskey run dry. And welcome, everybody, to the Lunacy Podcast. My name is Tony. I'm here with Dave, David, and Connor. Dave Stevens, David Sterling, Connor Ennis. I am Tony Pervenanzi. It is Sunday, guys, the day after the opener for the Loons. They played down in Austin. We'll talk about that. Surprising result. Um, If you listened to our last episode, I think we all thought a little differently of the Loons coming in the season, but they surprised us. So... We'll get into that a little bit. Um, not much going around here. Uh, Dave and I uh, went up to a new brewery, which we'll get to when we talk about our beers. Had a fun little Saturday out in the country. Um, drove a little bit out of the metro to get to this brewery. So very excited to uh, talk about it. Um, and the uh, weather up here is going to be fantastic for the home opener next weekend. Uh, I know some of our listeners will be going. Uh, Dave and I will be going with our friend Nels. Um, it's supposed to be in the, in the mid sixties and, uh, and of course it's a one o'clock game. So the sun will be high in the sky at that point. It should be a fantastic outing. It probably the first home, home opener I've gone to. That's actually going to be nice weather. Usually it's cold or rainy or snowing or something like that. So, you know, it'll be fantastic. Uh, David, you'll be spending the home opener at your house, right? Yes. You're not flying. You're not flying up here for that. No. I guess you find out. Oh, oh, you're gonna fly up here. Okay. <laughs> oh, I like I it. He was, Disney wasn't sponsoring his trip at this time. No, at least he, le- he left it. He, he's leaving it open though. At least so mm-hmm. there's always mm-hmm. a possibility till until we yeah. find out next Saturday afternoon. We'll see. Yeah. Wait, you think I would actually meet up with you guys? Well, <laughs> no, 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 no. I wasn't assuming that. I just yeah, it'll be interesting to hear whether you actually go to the game or not. Kind of shit with I'll just, I'll just take a picture of you from across the stadium and be like, oh. "Yeah, the fuck." And we see I'd if be... we can find you like a game of Wells. Where's Waddle? Yeah. No, I'll yeah, I'll shitty. definitely be. I'll definitely be at home. Okay, there you go. And Connor, you'll be uh, uh, at home. Uh, or you uh have yeah. Going on? Um. Well, we have a game night, game day planned. Uh, with friends in the morning, but uh, then we have to, then we have to take. Austin back home to uh, to nap. Nappy. So we're gonna be at about. He's gonna go down for his nap right around kickoff. So you'll be quietly cheering uh, next Saturday. He'll be gone. Oh no, he's he sleeps solid, so I'll have no okay. problem shouting at the top of my lungs. Good. Mm. Yeah. Good. Wow, good, lucky. good deal. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be exciting. Um, I'm excited. Uh, after watching last night's game, I am actually really excited to see the home opener. Although. I was seeing on Twitter today, guys, we haven't done very well in home openers. Um, no? I think we've lost no. a bunch of them. So, Quite a few. Yeah. So, and we'll see. It's going to be a good one. Good matchup. Um, but uh, on that, it was my first, I think I texted you guys this, my first uh, Loons game, watching a Loons game without my dog, Draco, mm. which was sad mm-hmm. because usually he would sit next to me and he'd be upset if I was upset and he'd be happy when I was happy. And he would turn his back towards the game when, when uh, Adrian Heath would make some stupid decision, he'd turn his back towards the TV. Um, so yeah, I'll need some sort of other pet to watch. I, I tried to get my uh, youngest daughter to give me her Guinea pig for the night, Ooh. but uh, that didn't really work out. He didn't want to watch the game. He was more interested in like, you know, doing other shit, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. 
So um, let's talk about beers, guys, because as I said, Dave and I did a little journey up to the, uh, well, north of the metro yesterday and uh, got to go to Garfish Brewing Company up in Bethel, Minnesota. Um, so that is up, what was it, north of Anoka, Dave? Uh, yep. Yeah, little, it's actually... It, yeah, I think I mean from here, from my house, it's it's like forty five minutes north. Mm -hmm. It's it's not far off of uh, if you took like sixty five Highway sixty five Central and went straight north for a half hour from six ten. Mm -hmm. You know, it really it feels like you're kind of in in small town USA. You know, you, you you're not sure. You know, being in this Minnesota, I think you know you're not sure if you're three hours away from the twin cities or in our case more or less a half hour so it's kind of it's worth your it's well worth the drive up there it's not that far mm -hmm. it's you know you get to experience a nice town of bethel i haven't spent too much time personally in that town only maybe driven through so yeah it was a great great experience they're uh one drag main strip that you go down which is where garfish is at um it's kind of an interesting location uh when i sh when he showed up i looked at it and i said to dave i said this looks exactly like my Lutheran church in my hometown of Buell looks like. I mean, it looks exactly the same, like the setup. It's weird. And we walked in. I'm like, holy shit, this looks ex really like it. Like the set, the layout is all the same. And so I talked to one of the, the bartenders there, um, and she said it used to be a church. It used to be the city hall. And some residents, older residents, say it used to be a, a speakeasy when they had prohibition. So it's gone so through a lot of different things up there. Close to, I didn't, yeah, you wouldn't know it because obviously it's been renovated a couple of times, obviously over the years, but yeah. So apparently that puts the, it must be almost a hundred years old, if not older in that building that we were in. So kind of a. Yeah. Very nice building. Yes. Very welcoming. Um, great selection of beers. Um, I went with Dave, David, you're going to love this one. I went with what they call Skywalker's robot hand. IPA. Nice. So, wow. Okay. 6.1%. Um, they must have a Star Wars fan. The owner must be a Star Wars fan. But uh, 6.1%. 6, 6 uh, it is very good, guys. It goes down really, really easy. Um, nice. It's a fa fantastic IPA. Um, and uh, not much more I can say about it, other than it's got a great name. So, so yeah. about that name. Uh, did you happen to mention which Skywalker and which hand? I wonder. <laughs> right. No, none say that. Although they do have it writing, so they you know they write the names up on the board, right? And they do have a little nice little uh, cartoon of the robot hand on there. So, okay, nice. Yeah, do that. Yeah. So, uh, Dave, cool. what'd you get from uh, Garfish last night yesterday? So. Yeah, I ended up going with a with a crawler of boat launch lowercase b um uppercase o a t as in boat oat launch. It's an oatmeal stout, so appropriately named, clever, I suppose. Not as clever as yours, Tony, but uh yeah, it, it's good and cuz this is this was great because I did not have, you know, any of their, they had a porter on the menu, they had a stout on the menu. I did not have that while we were there. So it was a perfect uh, one to bring home with me. And I don't think I've actually had a stout in quite a while now who knows i probably had one two podcasts ago and just forgetting it but uh <laughs> no this one this one's good there's it's 6.2 percent. i mean i'm just looking at the can and it's nice it was brewed just two weeks ago so it's incredibly fresh and it tastes fresh really really smooth and and, and you know an oatmeal stout 
don't let the name fool you. It does. It's very, you know, it has a lot of chocolate aroma to it. It has definitely a chocolatey uh, finish to it as well. It's really smooth, really creamy. I probably should have bought two because it's uh, it's very smooth, very easy drinking, and it it, it really tastes delicious. Um, so yeah, it's it's I it might make me get back into stouts. I haven't drank too many stouts over the last few months. It seems like, especially going through the winter, so it was good. I do want to shout out, you know, a couple of the beers that I had there while we were there, Tony. A couple of pints that we had. Uh, uh, I'm a, obviously a cream ale fan. They had two delicious ones that I tried: the Blood Orange uh, Trail Tames. I think it's called Trail Tames. A Blood Orange Cream Ale. Yeah, yes. yeah. I don't. It was. Uh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, it it, it was, and because it. You know, it, it almost the blood orange, you know, the the tartness, the citrusy, it almost it almost overpowered. Like you wouldn't necessarily know in your first sip that you're drinking a cream ale, but it was a really, really tasty combination. Unique. I think. Yeah, you guys are right. I haven't tried that before. And then the other uh, the other cream ale that I had while we were there was the, they had a their version of a pistachio cream ale. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think a lot of people who are big craft beer fans around the metro know of I think it's Indeed's pistachio cream ale that's quite famous around here quite popular this one you know i i wouldn't it's it's i i, I don't want to compare the two because they're different the one i had the color was amazing tony you saw that it was like it had a nice greenish tint to it and it was a little more okay. sweetie it was a little more sweet had a little more sweetness to it than the indeed's version and a little more pronounced pistachio flavor so if you're a fan of pistachio you would have liked it so yeah great brewery glad we got up there it was well worth the uh, trip it was a fun day it was and very nice people up there so if you're up in Bethel, stop on by, or if you want to take a little day trip up there and hang out, there's a bar right across the street that was very popular yesterday because they had bingo going on. So uh, the main drag was packed with cars. So it was a uh, pretty cool. So and we, of course, I drove up there and we missed a couple turns on the way up um, and on the way back, but uh, you know, didn't really upset our trip any. So, but uh, yeah, Hunter, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, I've got one that I've had in my fridge for a while. I think I had it on the podcast about a month or so ago, um, like maybe five or six episodes ago. Um, I have, from one of our favorites, Lupulin, the Fashion Mullet. Oh, yes. Um, which I believe is, I think I think somebody else uh, aside from me has has gotten it off, off the, on the podcast as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's... It's a classic. It's a great hoppy beer that kind of kicks you right in kicks you right in the tongue with the taste. And of course, the classic mm-hmm. classic can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was I was just gonna bring that up. It's one of those, you know, credit to Lupulin and, and their their marketing and their their style because it's one of those that if you're in the if you're not actually at Lupulin, if you're in the say a liquor store, it's certainly one of those beers that jumps out at you and they're like, What's you know what? Yep. Totally. And, you know, it's, I mean, I'll give even more hot tats off to them too, Dave, because their can designs for all of their beers are fantastic. And I don't mm. know how they run out of ideas uh, with their, with what whatever team they're doing, their design team or their artists or whatever they're getting, whoever they're getting to design these cans. It's, it's great designing and, you know, it, uh, they just keep coming out with them. It's great. But this beer is that I can never go wrong with it. You can I found it down at High V and uh, right here in Robbinsdale, so it's just, it's a good beer. Um, I would I would definitely recommend it to those who are looking for just a run of the mill kind of West Coast hoppy IPA. Nice. 
Yes, the old-fashioned mullet. Nice. That's a classic yeah. from Lupulin. Fantastic. Uh, David, what do you got from the land of Florida today? So I don't think I've had this on here before. Um, it's from Cigar City. I know I've had Cigar City on here before. Uh, oh, but it's the Maduro Brown Ale. Um, and so it's, of course, Maduro being a cigar type cigar. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is probably my favorite Cigar City beer. Um, it drinks, I would say, a bit more like a porter. Um, it doesn't look like a porter. It's not quite that dark. But um, it's very creamy, very malty. Um, there's nice roast to it. Um, I even feel like there's a little bit of a little bit of like a milk stout type consistency to it. It's it's very it's just very good. It's very smooth. It's great for these cool Florida days. And uh, you know, if you're that type of person that needs dark beers when it's cold, um, or cool, so to speak. Um, yeah, I think it, I think it's great. Um, I'm sure it's available up by you guys. Um, mm-hmm. It's one of their flagships. Mm-hmm. So total um, wine, total wine. Has yeah. It. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anybody that likes brown ales and darker, uh, I highly recommend the Maduro. I might have yeah. to. I might have to go look for that because uh, yeah, mm-hmm. David, good idea. I because other than you know. Our, of course, a couple of years ago, our trip to Florida, um, Fort Lauderdale area, Miami. I, I I don't drink a lot of Florida craft beers, so yeah, that would be kind of fun to go to Total Wine. Tony, you said it was might be available there. At least some of those Cigar City beers that'd be fun. Um, do that. They actually have it at. I know they have their uh, one of their their IPA. Um, their you know their Florida their flagship IPAs. I know they've got that at uh, Brick and Bourbon in Maple Grove because I've had it there mm. before. Yeah, so they have it at a few restaurants around the Twin Cities area. Actually, I've definitely gotten Cigar City Brewery uh, brewery uh, mm-hmm. beers up here. Yeah, the High Ally is by far the most. That's the one popular. Oh, that's it. that's yeah, the yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the only beer that I'd ever had of theirs prior to moving town here. I see. They also have one called Florida Man. Yes, which is a yes. double IPA, which is a fantastic Ooh. name, Florida Man. Yeah. And it well, lives up to its name. Yep. It does. Well, great beers all around, guys. Uh, it's good to have a new beer in the podcast. Before we get into the loons, though, there's a couple things I forgot to mention. One, we had a first ever on this podcast. We had one of our, uh, one of us had uh, COVID while doing this podcast, and that was Connor. That would be uh, me. Yep. Who found out after the podcast that he had COVID. Uh, so how's, did you, are you recovered now? Or are you good to go? Uh, I'm feeling fine. I, mm-hmm. I'm going to test again tonight because I tested on Friday after my quarantine was supposed to be done and mm-hmm. I was still positive. So mm-hmm. yeah. I am going to test again tonight just uh, to make sure that I can go into the office tomorrow. And I had to miss out on my trivia sessions on Monday and Tuesday last week because oh, yeah. I had COVID. Sure. So that was a bit of a bummer. And I even had to yeah. miss out on one that, uh, my trivia guy wanted me to to host at a place that I don't normally host on Friday too. I had to skip out on that because I still oh. was still positive. Hmm. But yeah, other than that, I mean, I had a a lot of I had a lot of fatigue in the first day or so, and um, mm-hmm. 
and had a, a bit of a cough come on. But that's pretty much it. By Wednesday, I was fine again. Okay. I was going to say, you uh, you certainly sound good. You look good. So, yeah, yeah. hopefully mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're on the road to recovery. It sounds like you're yeah, good. I hope so, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, my, my wife has it now, too, unfortunately. Oh, fantastic. Sure. Oh, and uh, our good friend Gina as well. She also has it now. Ooh. So it's spreading through our friend group like wildfire right now. Mm. So I'll Super make spreader. sure and, yeah, make sure and uh, not get you again there, Tony. I know last time I yeah. had it, I gave it to you. So <laughs> I'm not coming to your house anytime yep. soon, Connor. I'm not coming to your house anytime soon. Not even I'm with loon season on the line. No, no, I'll be <laughs> I'll be staying away. Staying away. No, it was your. Besides, your kids' fault, anyways. It was my <laughs> I mean, kids' fault, and you know, fault. And, yeah, we we think we got it because um, it was either Austin or um, his friend Jacqueline. Uh, who is actually our family friend. Um, we, like, a couple of uh, family friends of ours, they have a daughter who's 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 going to turn four this summer, and they hang out together all the time, so we hang out together all the time. Laura, Laura uh, Laura's maid of honor was Jacqueline's mother. Um, mm-hmm. So we're not sure who we got it through, either Austin or Jacqueline, but we know it was one of those because they also have COVID. So There you go. Yeah. yeah it just goes around. Is that is that really Austin's? Does. Is that Austin's girlfriend? Is that his girlfriend? Oh yes, absolutely. You guys set yeah. you guys set up assuming the whole Austin the whole like. Gay. Well, that's assuming that. But are yeah. you guys trying to set up the whole like family dynamic already? Trying to like get you know. Oh yes, yeah. We're. I had a fun, funny story. I had that that kind of happened to me when I was a kid. Uh, my mom had a friend who has a daughter the same age as me, and they were always trying to you know put us together, you know when we were younger uh and then they moved away and my mom was all sad because she's like oh i thought you and her would be together forever and i'm like mom we were like three you know and, right and we know better you know yeah no we always yeah. joke about it but no i mean austin and jacqueline are very good friends you know it's it's uh mm-hmm. I, i'm not i can't believe i'm even talking about it in this context to be honest but it's like it's, <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> all right Hey, so as we trans as we transition back into M and UFC talk, I I've got to bring up I got to make a correction. Tony, can I make a correction for myself? You brought it up you earlier. Can. You you, you, you brought up you brought up the 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 loons record in in home openers. You you mentioned it mm-hmm. wasn't that great. I think the mm-hmm. flip side of that is though season openers they've been better. Um, yes, and, yeah. and so the, the correction I'm talking about though is I think I said it a podcast or two ago, and I everything blurs into one it seems like but the nashville i was thinking of the nashville home opener that was 2022 mm-hmm. i think i definitely really? said that i think i said it was last year at podcast or two mm-hmm. so i had to correct myself but the, that being said 2022 that was a 1-1 draw against nashville mm-hmm. and then last year i did not go to i guess uh was a 1-1 draw as well at home uh, against new york red bull so Oh yeah, yeah, I was at that one. Yeah, there's a lot of draws yeah. and a lot of losses. I think we've only mm-hmm. won two home openers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because the inaugural at um against NYCFC in what 2018? 2019. 2019, that was a yeah. draw as well, wasn't it? Yep, so, it was. Yeah, three three three. Some excitement in that game, but yeah, and yep. draw. So. I was very drunk. I the, we all remember the very first one and at TCF <laughs> Bank Stadium. So. That, oh. was, that one was fun. Yeah. The home opener, home opener at Allianz. I was very drunk and very cold. 
Well, and, uh, hey, at least there's, you, picture, we, there's pictures to prove there's that. Pictures, post, there's post-game <laughs> pictures to prove that. And at least you didn't paint your face. Uh, shout out no. to you. Yes, yes, right. Yeah. <laughs> 40-something-year-old friend of ours. We love him. But uh, that, that was fun face. to see. Um, you guys, uh, uh, <laughs> before we get into the Loons game talk here, it seems like we 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 mentioned it earlier on this week, but it seems like there's always a uh, a tradition on this podcast where mm-hmm. we record an episode and then the day uh, afterwards something yeah, happens. That's right. Something yeah. we should happens. yeah we should talk about that. Yeah, you know we totally that's did. because and of course that's because most of the time we're recording on Sunday nights. Yeah, you don't expect mm-hmm. a lot of news. Come out Sunday night. If anything, it's going to come out Monday morning, like it has many on many well, occasions. Kind of go ahead. Tell, we, us, tell us. Maybe we should rectify that and and not do it Sunday nights. But Sunday nights work so well that yeah, yeah the games. Well. Yeah, you know, during the season, the game's so much more fresher in your mind. I think it makes yeah. sense, but right. it is what it well, is. Connor, why don't you tell us what happened then on Monday? We, uh, I believe, this is a done deal now. Uh, Eric Ramsey yes. is now the yes. new head coach of of Minnesota, pending a, a visa. I believe it is a pending a work visa. Yep. Um, what they say. Yeah, and uh, so I'm excited. Uh, could he be the new Sean McVay of the MLS? Maybe I don't know. Well, interesting That's you bring it. that up because he will be the youngest coach in MLS mm-hmm. as soon as he gets right. here. I think is, like, is, it six? is it is it he's obviously he'll be the he'll be the he's 32. Current. He's 32 years old. Yeah. Fuck, yeah. I feel old. He's younger than Damn. me. So he'll be Damn the it. current. Obviously, the current, yeah. the youngest current head coach is. Will he be the youngest head coach in MLS history? He will uh, be. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. that's interesting. That is too. Con- that is confirmed. Yeah, he will be the youngest head coach in MLS history, and you know, I mean, that's that's a big accomplishment. But the reason I say, could he be the Sean McVay of the MLS? Is because McVay has been at least halfway successful um, in the M- NFL. He's won a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and he's taking the Rams to multiple playoff berths. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe he could be. There, there's always that fear of an English coach. Um, they <laughs> don't sit, they don't tend to do well in MLS, no. um, which he isn't we, English. Actually, he's Welsh. He's Welsh. Um, yeah, well, but yeah. you know, the, 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 the Britain land of Britain, yeah. right? Technically. How many, how many um, countries are in this country? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, um, let's not get political here come on yeah. so <laughs> i i think there's there's that concern but i i think that some of that's changed a lot um and it, and it, with him being so young um and it, he's reportedly uh solid at developing talent um well, I think I think it's gonna be a really good thing. Uh, yeah, it, it's gonna be interesting. It, it it does feel like you know you're 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 taking a risk here. You know, a large. I, I shouldn't say unproven because he's only thirty two years old. But if you look at his resume, he does have uh, honestly a relatively impressive resume. Obviously, coming from uh, Manchester Manchester United, he has. I think he was with Chelsea U twenty three. Well, fame right about that, and he even has mm-hmm. experience with the Welsh national team. So. 
he, he you know for such a young guy his his resume is you know you'd think you'd think he's older with the experience that he has and so yeah, yeah i love uh, david that's a great point if he, if he has it sounds like he's an energetic guy you know maybe that's going to fit this team you know may you know we're we're, we're all hoping that this team is going to transition to a little more youth we maybe even saw it last night and so he might be the perfect yeah. fit but quite frankly we don't know and we won't know until he gets over here to the u.s and and into mls and We'll see what happens. But. Yeah, I, I think one thing that's going to happen is, I mentioned this on on X this week, is there's going to be some wake-up calls for, I think, both the front office and the squad because he's coming from, he's coming from experience that, you know, screams, opening the pocketbooks, um, you know, talent, a lot of talent that he's worked mm -hmm. with. I, I have a feeling that there are going to, going to be players who are going to be surprised by maybe how they get left out of the squad. I think he might make some personnel decisions that might be kind of surprising to fans because I think he's going to have a higher expectation. I think it's going to come with come with the territory that he's that he's leaving you know i think he's mm -hmm. gonna expect that his players are are talented and uh, high quality players and i think some might find themselves in trouble and i think the front office is gonna find themselves dealing with a guy that might expect them to pay some money for some people mm. um it's so i think i think that's a really positive aspect that I, who knows if it's gonna happen but i I hope it does because that, oh, yeah, yeah, that, and I think it's 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 an exciting hire in the sense that yeah, fine, there's a lot of unknown, um, but we'll see what happens. I I think it's interesting that he reportedly turned down some, um, you know, I I don't think it was lower level um, positions, but he certainly turned down some positions that he could have taken in England or Wales, mm -hmm. or you know, but he turned that down to come to MLS, and I I really find that interesting. Where you know he yeah. could continue his coaching arc in in the UK, but has chosen to come to MLS, and I find that very interesting and and fascinating. I I'm, I think it's it's just gen, in general it it makes me feel really optimistic about this yeah. league, about this team. So kind of cool. And to come to a project team like Minnesota, you know, who obviously needs work. I mean, we won last night, but spoiler alert. Anyway, um, I th I think that you know he's he's asking a lot of himself by coming in and and really putting himself at the head of a team that did not do well last year. Yeah. And so he, uh, he, I think, I think in order to do that, you have to have a lot of confidence in your coaching, coaching abilities. Uh, and like you say, Dave, um, coming from Manchester United, of course you're going to have confidence being in one of the top, top clubs in the world. Yeah. Uh, to be coming here. And so I I think hopefully that can be put to good use, but you know, I'm, I'm excited. I think, uh, I think this guy could come in and really shake up the team. And as far as, you know, leaving out players or that expect to be starting, I say go for it right now because we mm -hmm. need to look for right now. We need to look for what works. If that means sitting Ray for a few games, then sit Ray. If it works, it works. So you go at it. Eric Ramsey. I well, think I'm cool with that. 
and and the last you know one of the last things i'll add to it and see what your guys thoughts are in this but uh the other thing i found interesting connor specifically you know going back to your um cameo on the designated players podcast where you had talked about you know that that was obviously at that time of the recording it was it was a huge unknown huge question mark coming into this season and i feel like it wasn't really known until now until the process was done but did you hear some of the names that apparently minnesota united had interviewed it was an extensive process it, it some of the names that they mentioned i i i hadn't expected that i i almost thought that you know they they were going to wait until you know maybe later on into the season to start really getting into you know the interview process once you know they have the cso in place but no apparently this was a very extensive process and the name some of the names that were i think on your wish list connor uh had apparently interviewed with the club which was surprising to me nice it's a team. It's a team at the crossroads, guys. I mean, what they're doing right now, bringing in a young young manager, makes perfect sense because you shake it up, you play some younger guys, which we're going to talk about. Uh, supposedly, Cameron Knowles is playing the same type of offense and uh, formation that uh, Ramsey is going to play. So. Um, I think playing younger guys, I think pushing some of the older guys to either put up or shut up uh, is going to be the key here. And it's no more Adrian Heath uh, with the old, well, I like this guy because he's older and he's experienced and blah, blah, blah. And this younger guy, I don't like him because, you know, he makes mistakes. There's going to be any more of that, I don't think. It's going to be more of, can you play? Can you give us a victory here? Can you get us a win? That's all I care right. about is winning here, you know. Yeah, you know. So I, I think there's a lot of old guard with Adrian Heath, mm-hmm. like the the those older managers um, have been known to play their favorites, have been known to have that mentality, and I think these younger younger managers are are in it, you know, coming into coming into the uh, situations with a very different. Uh, very different expectation. They maybe even went through being overlooked because they weren't a favorite. Um, it's just different mentality with the new generation. They they want to actually focus on, you know, what should be focused on when it comes to players, their talent and abilities, and and so yeah, I, I think it's it's gonna I think it's gonna be a pretty significant departure from what we saw the previous years. Yeah. Well, let's get into last night's game, guys, because it was the opener. It was against Austin. We did go in with the 4-3-3. According to the MLS uh, Soccer.com website, uh, we were missing players at the uh, center four position and the I'm looking at that right, yeah. right back position. We, there's no players there. So we were actually playing two men down, according to the MLS website. But no, we weren't. Uh, yeah, up front, it, we had... Go ahead, no, I was just well, going to say, it wasn't much of a surprise. I think the lineup, I mean, a lot, a lot of, you know, from MLS experts to, uh, you know, fans like us, I think we're predicting this lineup. It's it's a lineup that they saw, that we saw kind of in the late stage of preseason. And knowing that Reynoso and, Seng, uh, Reynoso and uh, Bongi were not going to be available, it was going to well, be had, the lineup. So. We had uh, Sang Bin, uh, of course, Puki and Fragapani up front. Midfield, we had Dotson, Trap, and Lud. 
And the back, which is going to be interesting to see how we play this. We had Rosales at left back. Um, and we'll talk about him as we get into this game, guys, because I think there were some uh, some issues, but we'll talk about it. Uh, Tapias, Boxel, and of course, DJ Taylor at the right back. So, um, and the bench was pretty much all, I mean, with the exception of like Valentin and Kurt, uh, Clint Irwin, the bench was all young guys. I mean, yeah. seriously. Yeah. What I did I tell you, Tony? Yeah, a bench like of, that. I was looking forward to seeing what the bench would look like. I mean, I guess, yeah. you know, I don't know if they, how many more options they would have had, but it, it, it was exciting to see all those guys. And even, you know, they brought up uh, Mesa. Masanvi. Masanvi from, you know, they signed him to a short-term contract. So I don't know. I don't know if that was a, just, you know, without, you know, Reynoso and other attacking players, maybe it was necessity, but we'll see. It was just exciting to see. Yeah. The youth. I mean, you look, you look at that, that bench, you know, other than Clinton and everybody, hey. everybody seems young. It was really exciting. Yep. No more, no more two goalie benches either. Yeah. All right. That was yeah. a big thing last year was two goalies on the fucking bench. That's right. Which was and, like, holy shit. Why? You know? And yep. what did you, and what did you guys think of like, you know, uh, Austin, you know, be, obviously, uh, I don't even want to say it's arguable, but our best player uh, in Manuel Reynoso was not available for this match, obviously. And then do you think it was Austin saying, well, Reynoso is not available, so we will not make Sebastian Drusi available as well. So that was awfully kind of, of Austin. Is that why Drusi was out? <laughs> I don't think it was because Reynoso yeah. was out, but uh, he's, yeah, I, I don't, he, he it's an injury. That's why he was out. I don't know yeah. specifically okay. what injury, gotcha. but that was kind of, um, you know, it felt like going into the match at least that night. I, I don't, I didn't know that until late in the week that he wasn't going to be available, but just kind of knowing that kind of made me feel a little bit better. Okay. Our best player isn't available. Arguably their best player wasn't available either. So. But they did have uh, Minnesota's own Ethan Finley starting. That's right. They did. So there they did. you go. You know, so he was up. Sure. Um, so guys, four three three. Um. I know our predictions last weekend were a little bit like, you know, I don't see any offense happening from this team because, well, there's no Bongi, there's no Ray. But uh, obviously no problem because uh, let's see in the first, well, was it? We had a couple of chances in the first oh, uh, 15, yes. 20 minutes. Yeah. I mean, it, oh, it, yes. it was good. Yeah. It it was it, this game was an outstanding mm -hmm. game. If you know, 30,000 mm -hmm. foot level, it was a great game, but it started early and often. I mean, mm -hmm. Minnesota didn't score until what I think the 36th minute we'll get into that, but they had yeah. many, many opportunities. I mean, corner kicks left and right. I think the final yeah. was there six Minnesota had 16, 16 corners. I think it was 16, mm -hmm. yeah. And a yeah. lot of those, a lot of those were in the first half prior to the first goal. And it, it was really, it just like you said, Tony, I will. I mean, I think I was the most optimistic out of all of us, but even I did not predict Minnesota to score a goal. I, I think I had a nil-nil draw as my prediction, but boy, Minnesota deserved a goal. I think St. St. Ben had a nice header. Um, uh, Frank Apane yeah. had a header mm -hmm. there, I think. Yeah. And then and, and Pookie certainly made an impact. I think what you what you you know, if you're talking about the first part of this game, it's it's the impact that St. Ben and and Pookie had on this game as well as Franca Pane. It was really, really um, impressive to see. And it was just, it's, they were, it's interesting. I, I think it raises the question. I think, you know, even if like, sorry, David, but even if, if Bongi say is, is, 
healthy. I think we all hope Reynoso will be ready to go for next weekend, but that's an unknown as well. But even if Bongi is ready to go, it is, I don't know if you want to mess with taking Seng Bin uh, out of the lineup after what we saw. I think it was an impressive start to this game and an impressive start to the season for Seng Bin, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think um, Seng Bin's passing was a little rough, but honestly, I don't know that you would get any better from Bongi. Um, I I think I had said in our messaging that if the game ended the way that it started, there should be no question that this is the lineup that we play next week. Right. Um, and I, I and I stand by that. I don't. I don't think. I think even if Ray is healthy and he can play, That's you don't stand. change this lineup. I think this is. They looked good. They they played well together. Um, you know, there was there were some moments where you could tell it was, you know, beginning of the season mm-hmm. rust or what have you. But for the most part, it was very concise, very tight. Uh, you know, DJ Taylor had a bunch of bad long passes. But, um, you know, overall, I, I really liked what I saw. And honestly, I thought I love how Rosales was playing on the left. I thought he had some really great touches. Um, he was playing much more like a wing back. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, I mean, he was covering miles of pitch um, up and down yeah. that side. And I, 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 you know, he was actually the guy that started Lud's goal. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I think overall, I, I really liked it, you know, and I even have a hard time faulting anything with, DJ Taylor. I mean, like I said, he had some he had some rough passes, but overall, he was he had Oof. a pretty quiet night. Um, yeah, Wolf. I I didn't realize. I mean, and maybe it's maybe it's this is bias of of some of the key moments in the game that I'm thinking back on. But I I didn't realize Seng Ben was forty six percent passing, but it didn't feel like that. Now he didn't have as many opportunities as, as some of the other players. But, but yeah, yeah. Think of what Seng Ben is. Think of what Seng Ben really is, though. He's more of a striker, isn't he? I mean, he's he came over as like a he can be more of a striker. Yeah, you or know, a, wingers can have a tendency to, especially to in move a more into the free, center. Can yeah. can have a tendency to not oh, be great at passing. You know what? Shout out to Blake for. I mean, he posted his match reports. So I'm kind of looking at this now, um, but I think a lot of I said 46%. And I think a lot of that is, you know, saying Ben took a lot of the corners from that, from one side of the feet, yes. one side of the pitch oh, and they're yeah. counting those as incomplete passes. So, yeah, I think his actual um, live passing was in the sixties. Yeah. Okay. That, that would make a little more sense. Yep. And which is, which is why I said, you're probably not going to get terribly different from Bongi because he usually sits in that low seventies, upper sixties. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I'm with you, Dave. I would not, you know, I would imagine that Bongi's the most likely to be available Saturday. Um, I would not put him in. I would not disrupt this. Yeah, this lineup. It's another instance of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, and last night it certainly wasn't broke. And it's, yeah, it, and that was you know that's something we always said with Heath. You know as a manager but i again there's a reason a lot of managers do that and 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 it was so promising the 
you know, we were talking, you know, not we, but I guess we were talking about because we we're covering the team. But I mean, the, the team made it no secret that they wanted to play a more pressing style. And it really worked through the first, you know, 45 minutes. Maybe, you know, I, I didn't think I don't Austin didn't have Austin's first shot on goal. Um, Dane St. Clair's first save wasn't until added time in, in the first half. Yeah. So right. it, it really worked. Now, part of me wonders, well, against a different club, against a club like Columbus, is it going to be a little more difficult? But, but it sure seemed like that press really worked. And the opportunities just came one after another for this club. And then when they finally scored, it was like, well, yeah, they they deserve a goal here. They Minnesota deserved to be winning that match going into halftime, no doubt about it. Yeah, it yeah. was a, I mean, the first half guys, and we'll talk about this uh, shortly here with Lutz's goal, the first half, we had a lot of shots on goal, uh, pressuring really well. It looked like, I don't know, it just looked different to me. Like, we were actually, like, the pedal was just to the floor, as I like to say. It was like, yeah. we're going to rush, yeah. we're going to do things, we're not going to sit back, we're going to make them yeah. play for every ball. That's what yeah. we're gonna do, and, I'm, and that's the if that's what Ramsey's gonna bring in here. If Cameron Knowles is really doing what Ramsey, you know, wants to do, then I'm all for this shit, man. I'm mm-hmm. all for it. I love this. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was very, it was very attractive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exciting. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm curious. Well, I, I mean, David's more of a fan of, or David's less of a fan, say, compared to Connor of Pookie. But I'm, I'm curious of your thoughts on Pookie specifically in the first half because I thought he had a good game as well. Um. I mean, I, I thought he was he was fine. Yeah, I, I didn't. I wouldn't pick out any no, issue with it. No, yeah. Nothing negative. Yeah. Certainly in the first half. So I mean, I, I thought he that that shot he had that um, was saved up over the bar. Yep. yep. Um, I, I thought that was fantastic shot. Yep. I, I didn't think he did anything particularly special, but um, I, I think he was he had a good game and he definitely. Uh, made some runs that opened up spaces. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't, yeah. No, good. I mean, but, but yeah, just to sum it up, I mean, the, the, the top of the four three three, so to speak, the attacking players, you know, Franco saying Ben and Pookie, in my opinion, all had really, uh, had a really good first half and, you know, deserved, you know, to, to get oh. a goal. And fortunately I'm sure we'll talk about it. They did it 36 minutes. Tony, yep. why don't you uh, tee us off here? Let's- Robin Lud gets this goal, guys, and it's funny. I'm watching the video back again, and I guess I didn't realize this when it happened in full time. Maybe we talked about it when we were messaging yesterday. But Pookie gets the ball in midfield. He's up just above the box. He goes for a shot on this. Yeah. And the shot bounces off a defender right to Sang Bin. Mm-hmm. Sang Bin then tries to make a cross into the box to Robin Lud. Stuver, the goaltender, gets a hand on it. Right. And mm-hmm. right to load for the for the score. It, it, so, it, yeah, it makes me kind of question like like it was a nice cross by saying Ben, absolutely. And I think you're going to take that chance time after time. But yeah, yeah. how that would have played out if if Stuber didn't get a hand on it, I don't know. It, it almost looked like I was almost questioning was he thinking front post, you know, as far as back post, but. You know, credit to let's give credit where credit's due. And I mean, somehow Robin Lude is all by himself at the back post. Mm-hmm. I mean, that I think that's terrible defending, first of all. What's but you know, hey, credit to Lude for slipping in there and finding the space. Yeah. I mean, it was something. Yeah. Else. You know, Dave, I think you're right about 
to cross. I, I believe he was trying to go front post to Pookie. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he missed. It was it was a convenient miss. Um, right. And Stuver got his hand on it and deflected it right over the lid. And it, honestly, when you watch that play over, and it, you see all of that, you know, you have the deflection, the terrible choice to take a shot by Pookie that gets deflected mm-hmm. over to Sangbin. And then Sangbin's probable front post that missed and went got deflected over a lid. It's the most fitting goal for how this mm-hmm. game went because we had all these chances and some of them were glaringly right there in front of us right. and we missed them. And it took two deflections of really probably a bad choice of a shot and a bad cross to get a goal. It just was yeah. very fitting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm And I'm only speculating. I mean, because uh, Sengben certainly had some pace on that ball. So it's it's hard, honestly, watching the replay over and over. It's hard to know for sure what he was thinking. He may have been thinking Robin Lude all along. So I'm not I'm not saying it was a, a mistake per se. But yeah, I mean, it, it was it was a well-timed cross. So credit to Sengben yeah. and credit to Robin Lude for being somehow all alone in the back post. But again, like I mentioned earlier, it, Minnesota at this point, 36 minutes into this match, deserved to be up 1-0 at least, if not At more. the very least, yeah. If yeah. Stuver's not in goal, it's uh, it's three, four goals, I think. Because Stuver mm-hmm. played a great great first half. He's he the did. reason mm-hmm. that we're not yeah. scoring more than one goal you know, in that first half. Now that I'm looking at the, I just replayed this again a couple times. I believe that Pookie was the target and what's crazy is Pookie's run is what made Lud wide open. Because mm-hmm. as he runs to the front post, literally all of the Austin players followed him. And then Lud's just standing there by himself. They play I, I, game. Sense. They're they expecting game Pookie of... to, be to be the talisman. And mm-hmm. so yeah. they're looking for... 10 goal and 14 game Pookie to make a run for the ball and make the goal. And and in the process, they, they all misled at the back post. Yeah. yeah. I, I really believe and that's right, what That happened. makes total sense. And I, yeah. And I have a feeling I'm going to be doing this a lot this season, but again, shout out to Blake. Uh, he, he, his, I'm just looking back on his comments of that first goal. And he, he makes a really good point that I, you know, we're watching these replays basically on a finish, but he, he, he wants to credit Rosales as playing a huge part in the first goal. And he yeah, did because he his did. run down the left hand mm-hmm. side of the field was mm-hmm. impressive. And it, and you, that kind of thing gets overlooked, but uh, yeah, credit to Blake for pointing that out. The uh, Austin got fooled guys and the little game I call follow the fin. You follow the fin in the box and you're going to get fucked. Yes, That's what happens. Which fin? That's right. There's two fins. Yeah. You got to choose your fin wisely. You know, lewd pookie, lewd pookie. Um, yeah, uh, Lude was there uh, where he needed to be, and and that's what you want to see. Yeah. So going to the half, guys, we're up one nil, which is fantastic. Um, coming right out of the half, well, a couple minutes, uh, thirteen minutes out of the half, that's when uh, Austin goes to his bench and does a triple substitution, which is crazy. But they they want to get up, they want to get three points on this in their in their home opener. Um, so they got uh, Zardis. Gallagher and Finley all come out, uh, replace them with some new talent, and away we go. Um, 
second half. I would say I did fall asleep during this. I did rewatch it though <laughs> this afternoon. Uh, I'm I'm old now. I can't I can't stay for these games. Um, well, Tony, I'm Tony, we, I'm credit. I mean, in your defense, Tony. Yeah, we had a long day. We had a big road trip. We did. We, we, did. we had a couple of beers in the afternoon, so I I could understand. Yeah, we did. Everything. And you know, and 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 frankly, Dave, you might have to like nudge me at the game next weekend. I know it's a <laughs> one o'clock start. But after like a halftime, I might fall asleep. I hope not. I hope not for a one. It's a one p.m. kickoff Central Time. Right? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, there wasn't much going on, guys, in the first mm, thirty minutes of this half. Um, we did get our first substitutions uh, in the sixty-eighth minute, sixty-ninth minute. We did uh, bring in Braun in for Lud, and we brought in Tani for Pookie. So, which is interesting, guys, because we're used to the Adrian Heath way of these types of games. Right. Once you're up by a goal, you batten down the hatches, you park the bus, you keep your guys in there because they've, you know, been your guys, and you try not to let them score a goal. Now we're saying, hey, let's bring in some young guys, some fresh legs, and let's see what happens, right? And and yeah, I know. Yeah. And we wanted we wanted to talk about this because this, this is something else. You're 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 taking off two, you know. I guess at this point we can kind of say, I mean, Pookie not so much, but MLS veteran. You're taking out Robin Lude, uh, uh for a player in Alejandro Braun who has has not played a single game in the MLS. This is, was his MLS debut, and and you're bringing on Tani Aluase. You know, for mm-hmm. for Timu Puki, obviously not so much a veteran of MLS, but a, a, a tremendous veteran. So now this is exciting. I mean, this is something we did not see at any point last year. Um, obviously, I think it's really exciting with Tani, especially uh, both mm-hmm. players. But Tani Alawase, he had a tremendous season with uh, San Antonio. In the USL championship. Yeah. I mean, I don't know mm-hmm. if he was the MVP of that league or anything, but he had what I think 18 goals. He was averaging yeah. like uh over a half a goal a game or a half a goal per 90, I should say. Um, it's almost one of those players where it was awesome to see his success last year on loan. And now that he's make gonna, you know, hopefully make an impact for this club, really, really exciting substitutions. Right. Yeah, you know, I think one of the big things that um, shocked me about this was if this were last season and it was Adrian Heath, if these substitutions would have been made at this time, that's a big if, he would have brought in defenders Definitely. because Austin had had so much possession prior to those substitutions Mm -hmm. that it felt like you almost needed to make a defensive substitution. And that's what Heath would have done. But in reality, it's not that we needed defensive substitutions. It was that our offense was gassed from playing so pressing and so lively in the first half. Mm -hmm. So Knowles did what maybe to the layperson insult a bit to Adrian Heath there. Um, a bit counterintuitive to to the average person because you're thinking the defense has kind of given it up and it, maybe they are a little bit, but it's more because the offense can't do what it was doing previously. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so Knowles had the foresight to understand that and, and said, well, yeah, obviously we've got to bring in fresh legs in the offense so we can keep up what we were doing in the first half that was working so well. 
And you so that's keep, that was something that really surprised me, and it was refreshing, of course. Yeah, uh, you to keep see that, that. Yeah. David. You keep that pressure up front. It helps up your defense, right? I mean, that's what exactly. You do. Yes, keep your yeah, pressing yeah. up front and helps your defense. Yeah, you know, look at the first half. Happened. Yeah, the first mm-hmm. half, like we said, the uh, Austin's first shot and goal wasn't until you know after mm-hmm. the forty fifth minute. So, yeah, yeah. I, I it was so refreshing. It's just it just when you look at the starting 11 you know and 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 who was available off the bench i mean you maybe hope for that but just to actually see it into you know it it worked at that time you know and david that's that's an outstanding point i i didn't really think of it that way until you just mentioned it but that is that is you're 100 percent correct i love that take i think it's the accurate take and i hope we see that coming but wait guys there's more because in the 77th and 78th minute, we can bring in more young guys. We bring yeah. in uh, Masanve for saying Bin and bring in my guy, Caden Clark, for Franco Fragapani. So now we have four young guys out there hmm. on with the pitch fresh legs. In, with and fresh legs. And, and this yeah. game is is one nil at this point you know yeah. yes minnesota yeah. has are, there's no mm-hmm. doubt that minnesota was the better team you know at this point in the game that we're talking about but i mean it's still one nil it's one mistake away from giving up you know three points on the road yet yeah the the youth wave continues and it's just yeah. it's fantastic and you put up the youth in all the right places where uh all, all that energy is going to go up front with tani and misanvi and um, the last line of defense is going to be Braun with the fresh legs at the back. Mm-hmm. And it's so all of your youth and your fresh legs and all that new energy is going into that top half. And so you're keeping that pressure on them, which mm-hmm. like you, like you guys all say with Adrian Heath, he would have parked the bus and he would have put five defenders in the back line, which of course, as we've as we have mentioned many times in this podcast, never works, at least not for Minnesota. So to see uh, all that youth and all that energy up up and keeping that pressure on and keeping that press on to the to, to the Austin defense was great. And can I just say, hats off to Miss, Miss Sanvi, uh Lakeville guy, uh, mm-hmm. making, I think this is his MLS debut, but he just, he played phenomenal last night. I thought he was great. I, I mm-hmm. thought he was going to, I think we should give him more of a chance and sign him to more than just a short-term contract. Um, well, yeah, Connor, you're right. Like talk about taking the bull by the horns and making the most out of your opportunity. You are signed to a short-term um, a contract that is most definitely because Bongi, no idea for sure when he's going to be back. And Ray, right? You need to have a body on the bench. They sign him because they say, "Hey, there's upsides, right? He's got a he's got a good ceiling. He, he's he's young. He's local. Why not give him a shot?" Talk about taking that opportunity and doing exactly what you need to. There exactly. were there were moments last night that I was like, "Man, this kid can ball!" Like he had yeah. some technical ability that. I haven't really seen on this team very much. Yeah. I mean, there's certain players we obviously see it from, but I mean, you're right. And you're spot on. He made an argument to be kept on this squad. Definitely. 
And he was calm, wasn't he? He was just yeah. calm on the ball. He didn't panic. He was able to work between tight spaces and still keep awareness of uh, of where of where other players were and play that pass out of that crowd into space yeah. as he did a couple times last night, which I thought was great. So I hope we see more of him. I think yep. Misanji well, was played off. Maybe it was a one-off game. You don't know, but that's why you need him to play more with this team. Well, you want, you want a big fan base in this area to come out and cheer for your squad. Misanji from Lakeville, Caden Clark from Medina, Fred Emmings from St. Louis, St. Paul, I think. Yeah, I think so. You got those. I mean, Fred has got a couple more years left. But um, the other two, I mean, Caden Clark, Masanve, you want people at your stadium to cheer for these local guys. You want another Joel Maurer, Ken Herbeck type of deal. Um, I know it doesn't happen in the NFL very often. The NBA is kind of a wash. But, God, get these young players, especially from around here, up and playing for your squad and this this team will they'll get exposure from local media that they don't normally get you know what happened that's a great fan base yeah and Caden is a really good example of how this front office has screwed the pooch because everyone was so upset you know he went you know thunder Mm. academy and then he he went off uh Barcelona's residency, right? I think is what it was. Um, and it, everyone knew that he, he was a talent, local talent. And then he goes and plays for New York. Yeah. And it was like, there were a lot of people who were really upset with front office of not doing enough to, to court him and to get him in and, and do something with him. And instead they just didn't care and they let it go. And I think that's really representative of how poor this team, this front office has been when it comes to development and and wanting to, you know, create something from mm-hmm. from yeah. quote unquote nothing, as yeah, opposed yeah. to trying to buy talent, mm-hmm. trying to right. buy some, you know, fourth mm-hmm. place as opposed to tenth place, knowing that you've got players of the pipeline, and yeah. it you know. Green able to bring Caden back and and on a long, long term, longish term deal. Um I think is is huge. I think that says that I think that tells a lot of uh Tony, as you said, people, local media fans mm-hmm. that could be fans of ours that maybe aren't, um, that they understand they made that mistake. Yep. And they had the opportunity to bring him back, and now they have. And let's see if they can continue. And now, actually, with with Ramsey coming in and knowing how to develop players, this is huge. I mean, I, I really, really like, back to half an hour ago, I really like the direction we're headed. Yeah. And then Caden looked great last night, too. I mean, he had a couple rough fouls, but he did. You would hope but, that, uh, you know, a little bit of that would be Khaled Al-Ahmed's doing as well with as the chief mm-hmm. soccer officer at, with mm-hmm. his experience being, uh, you know, scouting other players, you know, and, you know, he sees all this talent. He has a, he has a way of seeing all this talent. That's how you got, 
you know, his team in the Swedish league from double digit places up to the top four. And so you would hope that more of this is the same in unison with Eric Ramsey developing all these players. You would, you would get talent uh, found by Alamed and his, his scouting network that would really, really help this team. And yeah. it's just, it, it, I'm late. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. So yeah, I agree. I guess that's what I'm trying to say is I agree. I'm very excited with where this team is going to go. It might take a couple of years, but I, I think I'm really excited about this. Before we finalize this whole point, guys, I'll finalize it with just this one thing I want to say is I think people overlook Minnesota in the upper Midwest as a soccer area. Right. Yeah. And I know playing youth soccer and the fact that we have uh, our friend, well, Johnny's brother, Chris, uh, Ethan is playing soccer and he's a good soccer player. Um, this is not, there is a lot of soccer talent up here. There are, there's soccer talent. Yeah. And, and it's not just, you know, there's been, of course, a lot of, uh, immigrants come in here that play soccer. I've seen it all around. It, it is a great place to play soccer and I get it because we can only play it for, you know, what, eight months out of the year, maybe. Uh, outdoors i get the people like well yeah. fuck you because you can't play soccer there's some talent around here and I, and I hope that uh these guys coming in can and tap into that a little bit more than we used to yeah uh, and this, when we were and it's, yeah and it's not a new thing tony i mean there there's a tremendous soccer history in the state that no. goes back yeah. many many decades and yeah. yeah we you can't play outdoors year-round but credit to i can't you you wouldn't be able to name all the tremendous high level soccer clubs that exist in the state that obviously play oh, indoors hey. and domes throughout the winter. And yeah, I was, I was a rising talent at our triple a Dave, uh, Rochette, <laughs> or Rosemont. Uh, yeah, I was a rising. Talent that wouldn't, that, that wouldn't have been the first, uh, soccer club that came to, came to my <laughs> mind, but, uh, yeah, you know, I think I, I, I play a little R triple a, uh, soccer as well. So, so, uh, guys, the game's coming to an end here, but we got to talk about, Caden Clark mm. uh, and Braun in this final goal, because this is truly fantastic. A great run uh, by Caden Clark here has an opening <laughs> open space. Holy shit. He's got like, well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good there's God. no one around him. I mean, yeah. and nobody's trying ridiculous. to pressure him. He's going to carry ridiculous. that. He's going to carry that ball mm -hmm. three quarters of the pitch. Basically. It's just unbelievable. The space he has, and but ob obviously great. Great pass. Great pass. Yeah. Yeah. Tatani. It, it was. The box. It was. And, and incredible. You guys, you know, I'm, I, you know, I'm watching the replay now, but like watching the live replay and watching the match live, watching it happen live. It, I, I it's, you blame it on the camera angle, but um, was it Tani who's passing? Tani got the two. Yeah. It, he was yeah, passing Tani. Now to, in my mind, and this, this did go, under a VAR review, they ruled Tani offsides, you know, but the, unfortunately in the live, at least when you're watching the broadcast, when you're watching it live, he looked offsides. There's no doubt about well, it in my mind Yeah, he did. that he looked offsides. And so it was kind of one of the, it was it at the time I remember watching the, you know, the game, I'm assuming this game is going to end a one nil draw or one nil victory for Minnesota. It would have been nice to see that second goal, but he looked offsides. 
But then upon further review, I mean, it was a nice pass, not to take away from you said it was just a he threaded it right through two defenders. It was a beautiful pass. I just remember thinking at the time, damn it, he's offsides. That was beautiful. But yeah, you watched, know, I had te- I had texted that he he passed it just smidge too too late. And mm-hmm. that's why because I also thought Tanny was offside. Um and it, that's you know side note. Props to this referee for being a replacement ref. Yeah. Um, he did a fantastic, I thought he refed a fantastic game. But this particular instance, he was the one that called him offside. And he had the wherewithal to actually go and make sure because after he was told, eh, maybe you want to take a look at this, he was willing to, to, to bite the bullet and admit that he might have been wrong and go check it. And it, sure yeah. enough, he did. And I, I thought that was the only really questionable call that I had of his. And he fixed it. Like, and that's exactly what should happen. And I, I have to say props to the replacement ref. Yeah. yeah. I had certainly had no complaints about the ref on either side. No, he, the whole I'd, game. He was kind of unnoticeable, match. to be honest. I was going to yeah. say, I mean, uh, other than some cards that were probably well-deserved, uh, David, you mentioned yeah. Clark's uh, a card that was, you know, you can't argue that. And that there wasn't a whole lot of, we. this is the first time we brought up the referee. So that that was yeah. awesome, you know, for, you know, so-called replacement rest. But yeah, just um, Caden Clark's placement of that ball. Yeah. And then let's, yeah, let's give credit to, you know, Tani ultimately for, Tani. you can watch him. His run was obviously, you know, upon further review was was he slowed down when he needed to slow down. He timed his run perfectly and it, it was just perfect. He was watching yeah. that that other defender off to the side, watching that, watching Caden Clark. You can see his head go back and forth like there's Caden. There's a defender. Where am I at? Where am I at? And as soon as Caden goes up, lines up to kick it, he takes off. And so he's on side and then had to wherewithal when Stuver comes out. To get that ball to Braun, to yeah. not try to make yep. a goal out of it, say, okay, I got a guy over here who's wide yep. open. Let's get that ball around. Let's get that in. That's fantastic. Well, but the yeah, angle you- of that shot, man, mm-hmm. Braun's angle was outrageous. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was a mm-hmm. fantastic shot. Yeah, you, you can see. Yeah, I mean, I, we, I keep talking about Tony Oluwase, and then you can see why he scored 18 goals in the USL championship last year. I mean, he his presence. You're right, man. Just to just tap it off to to Alejandro Brown is yeah. just beautiful. So yeah, Tan, Tani's going to be in the squad making noise. Mm-hmm. I guarantee yeah. you this season. Yep. It's almost one of those things where I think you know I, I think midway through the season last year, it, you know, I wonder if uh, Minnesota was kind of questioning their decision to loan him out to San Antonio. <laughs> Maybe he might have been yeah. able he, he probably would have contributed to this club last year as well. Yeah. So uh so that was at uh the 91st minute guys. So we're into extra time here. Um Austin gets a late goal to squander our you know shut out but it didn't really matter at the end. I mean that was 90 plus it five. Didn't. I mean that was that was literally yeah. the last touch. It's a it's a shame yeah. You know, Dane couldn't get his clean sheet. Uh, he wasn't mm-hmm. really tested much this match. Maybe that's part of it. I think the 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 overall overall thing about this was the it, the game was in hand at that point. The team was, even though that you know they had some fresh legs. I think maybe this is where we saw our defense get a little uh, tired. 
Yeah, possibly. Most probably. Because uh, yeah. it, it wasn't great. Even, you know, Dane kind of slipped and fell, you know, prior to that shot. Yep. It just it, it wasn't a pretty sequence of some poor defense. But if if, yep. if if we're talking about poor defense in the last gasp, when you're leading 2-0, game's basically in hand. I'm not going to sit here and complain about it. So, no, you guys want to spend I mean, time it... complaining, you can, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm not you, you know, maybe maybe you can make a complaint mid-season, but first match of the season, first few matches of the season, none of these players are prepared to be putting 100% effort in for 90 minutes. Yeah, definitely. I, Dave, I echo your comment about the – the sub, you know, maybe needed a defensive sub because what Valentin came in, he did. Yep. That um, was the what fifth, in it? Fifth, fifth and final. Yeah. I don't have it in front of me, but I think Valentin was the fifth sub, the final sub. Was the last one? Late. It was like what, eighty-six minutes or something like that. Yeah. It was like, yeah. yeah, it was late. You know, um, and it's like you, in retrospect, you look at it and you're like, well, I wouldn't have changed those four subs, but at the same time, you kind of think, well. Maybe we could have used a, three attackers and two defenders as opposed to one defender, but you know Got it is win. what it is, right, Dave? Got it, the it win. Is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And it is. It is. We'll we'll see it going forward. It's one of those things that this soccer is a cruel game, and and the reason is this because there this Austin's goal certainly could have came a couple minutes earlier. It could have came prior to to Alejandro Braun's goal, and if that yeah. had happened, this game could have ended not only you know you know, dropping a, a couple points with a win, who knows? It could have flipped. So this is, I, yep. I, I look at yep. this, like maybe, again, Minnesota was the der- deserving team. They Minnesota played better throughout most of the match. They had way more shots on goal, way more corner kicks. But damn, I think Minnesota is a bit lucky that 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 uh, late goal didn't happen prior to Alejandro's bronze goal. Because if it did, this we, we whole it's a win, match. guys. It's- yeah, three points yep. away from home, fantastic. So, since we're all excited because we won a game, we're home at the points. opener. Let's let's talk about predictions for next weekend's game. So against this the is the home opener against the reigning MLS champions. That's mean? right against Columbus. Yeah. yeah. So, Columbus comes to town, guys, next week. Uh, it's a one o'clock game in Allianz Field. Like I said, it's going to be fantastic weather. For a Loon's home opener, probably the best weather we're ever going to see for a Loon's home opener. Uh, it's going to be like 62 degrees, sunny, fantastic. Um, let's start with Connor. Connor, what are you thinking for next weekend's home opener? Boy, I really want to believe that we're going to bring that same mentality that we had against Austin into this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're at home. New New coaching strategy there's so many unknowns about this team yet to find out i'm going to say i'm gonna say 2-1 minnesota all right i think i'm I'm gonna go optimistic with this one i think minnesota gets the win at home and uh shatters the christian ramirez return to minnesota there you go oh that's right that's right yeah um, and Kevin good. Molino, actually. Kevin Molino. And Kevin Molino. That's right. Yeah. That's too. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Dave, what about you? Predictions for next weekend? 
All right. Well, I'm going to kind of ride on Connor's coattails a little bit. But, yeah, hey, if you can't be optimistic right now after uh, coming after after a win on the road to start the season, yeah, 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 fine. Minnesota's home record uh, in in home openers have has not been great. But you know what? The heck with it. Um, this team is, is really – the team that we watched last night didn't look like the team that we were expecting to come into this uh, – season so regardless of whether Bongi is, is playing or Reynoso is available for selection I, I'm going with a win as well I'm I'll say did you say 2-1 Connor I did yeah I, I'm, I'm sorry to copy but you know that sounds right to me um, a fairly entertaining game I think 2-1 sounds right let's go David what about you um I I'm gonna be realistic <laughs> um i don't, Again, I don't think we're gonna win I, david I, if you I ever want to be opt if you ever want to be optimistic this is the time right no but that's the that's just it i'm not an optimistic person i'm a realist um yeah. i i just i i don't think we're gonna be able to play the way we did last night against columbus mm, that's a good point um so i think that's gonna throw a wrench in it that's a good point i i just don't I don't think that we have what it takes to beat the reigning champions. I, I think we get goals. Um, so I'm going two two. Okay, that would continue that would be the third draw in a row as far as home openers are concerned. So yeah, David. way to bring us down to earth, David, but excellent points. Columbus Columbus seems like a you know, they're coming off a, a a fairly impressive win against Atlanta and they are a different team. You know, we had, we played an Austin team without our, again, arguably, I don't, without the best player. But, so. yeah, yeah. But, you know, I don't want to take anything away from how we played. You know, yeah. I think Austin is a similar team to what we are. Um, it's just, you know, I, I, I feel optimistic about the season after last night. It's just, I'm I'm gonna pick my battles. Um, David took my my uh, prediction because I was gonna say I'm gonna say two to two, a draw. Um, I'm up with David on this though. I think you know playing against Columbus, who is the defending champions, until proven otherwise. Right? I mean, halfway through the season, they could be shit. Right. So yep. you know, but they are the champions. Um, I think we score some goals. I think. Uh, Caden Clark scores a goal for his hometown fans wow. Saturday. Uh, I don't think uh, I don't think Bongi starts even if he's back. I don't think Ray starts even if he's I, back. I I think yeah. that uh, I think they're both on the bench if they're back. Um, I could see Ray coming in late to uh, help the team out, but yeah, two to two sounds about right to me uh, in front of the home crowd, and I'd be happy with that. Um, yeah. a tie against the reigning champs is fine with me. Now, I would be even more happy if it was two to two and Christian and Kevin got goals. Well, th yeah, well, there'd be some fans there too would be happy as well. Yeah. So they'd be very happy. Um, if Christian scores a goal during this game, during this match, I would have to say that the cheering will be about as big as a 
Loon's goal will be. I, I'm just I think, saying that. I think you're right, Tony. I honestly have a feeling mm-hmm. you're right. There will be I a agree. standing ovation, I think. Th- there would be a little like hesitancy, I think. You know, damn, he scored. Once everybody in that mm-hmm. stadium realized it was Christian that scored, I think then, yeah, mm-hmm. you'd get 80% of that stadium clapping for sure. Yeah. The Wonder Wall would be totally like involved in that yeah. too. So, yeah. Well, great, guys. Let's move on to some soccer history with connor what do you got today connor well tony and guys i what happened have... last night loons won nice. loons won yeah it was uh, put that in your history. it was february 24th 2024 <laughs> and i love it yeah. sweet um so a lot of friendly matches for united over here so nothing really super interesting a lot of strikers Old strikers results as well, but I chose a I chose none of those actually. <laughs> In the past week, I chose a signing, a certain signing, uh, from 2017. It was February 21st, 2017, when we signed a certain Swiss defender who has made an appearance on this very pod. Nice. Oh, nice. Wow. Jerome Tison, shout out. Yes. Mm-hmm. Good guy. I was not on that pod when you guys interviewed him. Yeah, I think it was just me and David. Yeah. 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 It was. Yeah. yeah. It was. Uh, he was a great guy. He was uh, very down. To- I think he just had a baby at that time, too. Yeah. Um, it came up a couple times because. Yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll never forget listening to that episode with you guys. You guys did a great job, but there's I just couldn't. Yeah, you're right. He you could tell within the first five minutes of that podcast that he was just the the greatest guy in the world. And I'm I I'm still so mad at myself. To the I was working. I had I I couldn't have made it, but yeah, I, so just I. really yeah. regret missing that pod because yeah, what a great guy you could tell. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. I can't believe he uh, he agreed to go on. David, hats hats off to you for for reaching out and. Right. Yeah, he just. It was just uh, shot in the dark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Crazy, but yeah, he he ended up being a, a great guy to talk to. Uh, uh, Jerry, if you're listening, we hope to have you back on someday. Oh, you know he listens. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think he spent to what, what did he spend two years with Minnesota? I think two or three years. I think it was two. It was in the two. third year, in the third year, he bought uh Metnir in, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, there's your history for the night, guys. That's our, that's that's it, our huh? signing. Um, well, wow. I mean, there, there isn't a lot, but I mean, there's some strikers, there, there's well, some striker stuff, there's some United stuff, there's uh, oh, there's a played. Year. We're in United. February. United yeah. won a friendly against the Wisconsin Badgers. Oh, yes. there you go. Nice. Hey, hey. Nice. Good How job. Border battle. Although you saying that kind of makes me think, well, I mean, shout out to the 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 Gophers women's squad. They're 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 awesome and I they're fun to watch. But when you say that, it kind of makes me wish that the Gophers also had a men's soccer squad. Darn it. Do they not have a men's team? They do not, no. Oh, wow. Anymore. And they haven't for a while. Um, yeah. I think that was one of the Title Nine, um, mm-hmm. pro, you know, yeah, they had to make choices, and that's what they did. But, yeah, cr- yep. shout out to the Gopher women. They're awesome. Yep. They're good to go. 
Well, thanks, Connor, for soccer history. Uh, before we get into my funny story, guys, I just want to mention, I think I mentioned it last week on the podcast. Maybe I didn't. Um, but uh, we've texted about this, guys. And MLB is having a, a uniform problem. And it, and it came it came to a head this week because they had to take pictures of these guys. And their pants are see-through now. Oh, wow. Um, so there's some shots. If you look it up there's online, there's, been, there's, been, there's some been some bad ones. <laughs> there's been some bad shots of guys sitting down and things are exposed. Um, so I don't know what the fuck they're going to do about this because the players are pissed. Um, and uh, Wouldn't you be pissed? I mean, yeah. yeah. Oh, there yeah. was one I saw yesterday. It was a, a Giants guy and he was sitting down and you could see the whole outline of him, of his package. And it was just not good. It was like, good God, dude, this is not, this is not right. Yeah, I mean, you, know? you gotta cut, you gotta cut corners where you can, but I mean, come on. Well, yeah. You make your pants see through. That's a mm-hmm. bit much. Well, that's, that's, that's the deal though, but uh, it's a whole thing. You guys can read into it. It's, it's Nike, but they made a deal with fanatics to pro- make the, make the jerseys, but they're Nike branded and blah, blah, blah. And they're not good. So. Hats off to the MLS for making. Excuse me, <laughs> I'm choking on my beer because I'm laughing. Um, hats off to the MLS for making great jerseys this year and uh, avoiding things that are happening yeah. in MLB right now. Yeah, you know, I think I mentioned this to you guys uh, last night, but ESPN ranked the the home and away jerseys for this year, and Minnesota is top for both. Mm-hmm. I saw that. Mm-hmm. I saw that. And they, I think yeah. they made that. If I'm thinking of the same article that, that you're referencing, Connor, from ESPN, it was ESPN, I believe. But they made the comment, and obviously this is editorial, but they made a comment that the, the Loons, you know, 24, 2024, 2023 combination is one of the best of all time in MLS. And it's hard to disagree with that. I mean, yeah, yeah. you can definitely well, argue that, but it, they are between. The Northern Lights kit and, and the Starry Nights kit, the beautiful, beautiful jerseys in the combination. That's awesome. It's come a long way from the 90s uh, MLS jerseys, let me tell you. Yeah. Holy shit. For sure. Crazy. Yeah. Um, so, before we get out of here, funny story. And uh, I did mention that uh, David, and I think Dave, you'll, you, you should remember this. Because this is, I think this is our episode at Insight Brewing right before COVID hmm. hit. Um, so this no, has I been, was this there has been for a, that one. Yeah. Oh, you were there for that one? Okay. Yeah, I think that was the um, la- yeah, I was there for that one. All right, so you were there. Uh guys, Japan's Naked Man Festival. Uh sees hundreds <laughs> of scantily clad men wrestle for the last time in a millennium. That's right. We talked about this, the Naked Man <laughs> Festival. Yeah. Uh the uh just another tradition killed by millennials, as they say. Their famous naked man festival is coming to an end after more than a thousand years, guys. A thousand years they've been fighting naked. Uh, due to a declining youth population, the millennia-old Summon Saw Festival, which sees hundreds hundreds of scantily clad men wrestle for a talisman in freezing temperatures, was held for the final time last weekend. Um, wow. The decision was due to aging of individuals of all the festival and a st- shortage of, su- of successors. Um, they did make efforts, guys. Yeah. They, uh, Those they made efforts. You guys ruin everything. I swear to God. Well, they're... They They're attempted all... to keep they kind of they attempted to keep it alive. They included women to take part in the ancient celebration uh, a couple of years ago. Oh. Uh so the women were ordered to be fully clothed alongside their white clo- loincloth male counterparts. So the women were 
covered up, but the men were allowed to have, you know, balls free, as they say. Uh, the women were also barred from the portion of the festival with the most skin-to-skin -skin contact, during which the nearly nude men wrestle one another to claim a jute bag called Simon Bukuro, which is said to promise rich grains. Uh, hmm. The festival is it pronounced take, Simon? Uh, Somen. Somen. Somen Bukuro. Somen. Usually takes place on the seventh day of the Lunar New Year when the Chinese mother goddess was believed to have created humanity. Um a local by the name of Toshiaki Kakuchi, who was 49, was the last of her winner. And uh, the Summon Fest is actually, uh, Summon Safe Festival is actually one of the three major naked man or Hadaka Matsuri festivals held in the country. The other ones are not, no plans to shut down the other ones, but this one is going away. So after a thousand years, there'll be no more naked men wrestling in wow. this festival. So sad. It's disappointing. Yeah. It's disappointing yeah. news. Yeah. See, I mean, if, if ever I found myself in Japan in February of mm -hmm. the year, you know, yeah. you never know. Like, maybe I go out and have a few glasses of sake. I, might, I don't know. Like, well, I just wonder, like, like back, you know, like years yeah. ago when this festival was happening, you get a bunch of your buddies, you're out drinking, you know, the week before. It's like, hey, I can't wait to wrestle you naked later, yeah, later on this week. For this uh, for this bag of grain or whatever the heck they call it, talisman. Yeah, you know, it, it's a shame because obviously, ever since you brought that story up for the first time, Tony, you know, now several more than several years ago, you know, it was on. I put that on my bucket Mythol list. I was been following that. David yeah. been training. Yeah, been training for that for the last few. Years. Really, he had been. Wait, yeah. and do you, yeah. when is it? Did, I'm sorry. Is it? Are they going to do it? Like is it last year this year? Could I maybe make one more? Could I? Get it already there? happened. It already happened. Yeah, well, there's two other festivals. Yeah, there's, there's two, two other more. ones you could go to. Then. So well, I know they're just got, not prestigious. I know that you got. I know you got the loincloth all set up for yourself. So well, you yeah, I, I I procured that three years ago. Yeah, mm -hmm. honestly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's disappointing. It, it's I mean, it's maybe I don't know. Some people may think differently. But it, it's disappointing that um, their, you know, their culture has kind of gone away from having kids. Yeah, um, that's one of the big reasons. Yes, is yeah. is again, you know, people may have different views on that, but um, you know, it's it's if anything, it's the it's the dying of of a tradition. It's dying mm -hmm. of a people, possibly, right? So that's a thousand that's, year tradition. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a sad way to look at it. Um, but yeah, it's too bad. It sounds like a sounds like a fun time. <laughs> well, yes. I mean, it does sound like a fun time. It's tradition. Um, yeah. and I just want to mention that uh Jap Japan's population has been on a steady decline for the past 15 years. Yeah. With each year seeing a steeper drop. Uh the population of Japan, Japanese nationals. Fell about eight hundred thousand people, or 065 percent, uh, in twenty twenty two. So they've seen a decline for the past fifteen years in Japan, um, which is you know there's I'm sure there's all other types of things going on in Japan that we don't want to get into on this podcast, yeah, but you know, so sad. The young guys, the millennial guys, don't want to fight naked anymore. So what do you do? You know, and they even again they even tried to get the women involved. Like, hey, we'll bring some women here. Maybe the men will come. The men were like, nah, still don't want to fight Nick. Yeah. So, 
There it is. Hmm. All right. Well, anything else you guys want to say before we get out of here for the night? Oh, I just didn't know. I didn't realize you were going to end the podcast on such a negative note, Tony. I mean, it's, yeah. it's real bad, but. Well, right. if you want negative, stay stay tuned because you know something is going to happen tomorrow that we're just not going to be <laughs> able to be part yeah. of. Right. Probably. Well, hey, and what makes it even worse, Connor, is the fact that as you as we're talking, it's Sunday night. Of course, the podcast mm-hmm. won't be released until Monday. Of um, and, yeah. So it's just yeah. another insult to injury on that one. So. Yep. Yeah. But hey, if you uh, are still listening, thanks a lot. We appreciate you listening. Awesome. Yeah. Ray's leg will fall off like tonight or something or tomorrow morning, and we'll find out <laughs> that leg. Yeah. Yeah. Something will happen. We, we threw some back row that signed Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, really. <laughs> uh, <laughs> before we got here, I want to thank Grand Holler for uh, giving us our intro music and our outro music which I put on the last podcast so I'm trying to do a different thing with another song on the outro hopefully that worked out uh, so for myself Tony for Dave David and Connor we'll talk to you guys next week go go next weekend Seven pounds? Hell, that's a mighty big rooster!